0: Beautiful people of great musical taste. We are, and this is... Eurobliss! Euro Euro up by a thump. Now, this month's fabulous episode is a traditional and much-anticipated and heavily belated winner's playlist. <laughs> <laughs> Featuring the best of this year's winning country, which is, of course, Ukraine, thanks to the Kalush Orchestra and their song Stefania Privet Ukraina. <laughs> Land of borscht, soup, sunflowers and chicken Kiev, it's steeped in amazing history and populated by the most amazing and beautiful and patriotic people you'll ever come across on this planet, yeah? Slava Ukraina! Um, I've gone goosey already, look at that! Uh, I'm here with me, Juan, she's looking mighty beautiful, how are you today oh, Thank love? you, I'm good, thank you, doing well. Here again. <laughs> Mark's in Manchester, so he can't be with us this time, but he's done us a little voice note blessing. We'll play that later. Um, do you know any Ukrainian, by the way? No, I don't, unfortunately. I know. I would love to. Couple of words. Mm-hmm. Poridilok is Monday. Smetana is Sour Cream. Very useful. It is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, what, come on, what do you expect from a Ukrainian Eurovision song?
1: Professionalism, quality,
0: polished great performance possibly rather weird clothing it seems if you think back i mean when it comes to whether or not it's weird or not ukraine
1: has quite a bit of a spectrum with that like sometimes they're crazy and sometimes they're like pop.
0: Oh, you and your spectrums, I don't know. (laughs) The Ukraine is one of the youngest of Eurovision's family, and comparing Ukraine to its siblings, it is by far the most successful in recent times, and it's now the only country with a 100% qualification rate to the final. So, before we begin, let's have some fast bump, shall we? So, the country's participated 17 times, making its debut in 2003, and it's won three times in 2004, 2016, and finally in 2022 making it the first eastern european country to achieve well i was going to say three wins but two wins you know what i mean uh ukraine's hosted twice in 2005 and 2017 both times in kiev and out of the 17 attempts and this is pretty amazing the ukraine has a total of eight top five placings Wow! isn't that amazing so knowing what we know about ukraine and what they've given us since Back in 2003, when they gave us their very first entry, I think it's just about OK to take the Michael out of this one a little bit, isn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It's a little bit cherry cheesy. And of course, as any country does when it's entering a competition for the first time, it's a little bit of an experiment to kind of tap into the rest of Europe and see what's going on. But this, my friends, it's bad, isn't it? I'll
1: save my comments
0: for <laughs> after. <laughs> I mean, it's not that bad within the context of the other songs in the 2003 show, and of course, that's the show the UK got no points for the first time because it was shit. But the performance here is absolutely breathtaking, and for all the wrong reasons. It's performed by 30-year-old Alexander Ponomariov, I hope, and he was internally selected by a Ukrainian broadcaster because. At the time, he was Ukraine's top soloist performer, having won the Ukraine's Singer of the Year competition oh. seven times. Yes, they have a singer seven of the Seven times? I know.
1: <laughs> Who else was competing? <laughs> exactly.
0: So expectations were very high. Um, let's have a listen to the song. It's called Hasta la Vista. Thank God that's vi- over. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> baby so long. Hasta la vista, baby. Oh, no, you were so wrong. And that was written by... Do you know it was written by? His mum? Vika mom? Pick, <laughs> <laughs> who wrote Diva for down International oh, wow. in 1990, So he should have known a lot better. Um, yeah, Hasta la vista is becoming one of Eurovision's top titles, isn't it? Thanks to Serbia, Belarus and Ukraine. Well, Alexander is... A quite an
1: attractive young man and that is the nicest thing i have to say about this uh this uh, the track <laughs> the track sounds like it was rejected from melody festival and uh the lyrics are mostly in english so unfortunately i can understand what he's saying uh <laughs> it feels like he knows what a horrible song this is and he's trying to get through it by just being louder and louder and louder um when it comes to the live performance it's tired it's soulless it feels like uh, like an amalgamation of all the things that Eurovision is derided for. Um, it's just humiliating for everyone involved. And it doesn't even f- represent the Ukraine. I mean, I don't think this represents anything or anyone, really. Uh... And considering the Ukraine's current track record, in hindsight, it just seems like they learned their lesson very quickly.
0: Yeah, but come on, the uh, the spinning contortionist and the yeah, backing I mean dancers—that's what I mean. And, it's and just the, the cliche LED after rocket. cliche. <laughs> So, the thing (laughs) with the note is we had a string of countries winning their first contest. We've got Estonia, Latvia, Greece, Serbia, Finland and Turkey, and I'm not going to mention the R word and pollute this podcast. Um, But uh, it was super exciting to have this kind of surge of newness dominating the show. So, learning from the mistakes of the previous year, if Alexander's performance in 2003 was a little bit wrong, then Ruslana's performance in 2004 was a little bit right. It's Whips and leather clad, sexy blonde dancers, hair flying everywhere, and it were absolutely ooh, wasn't it? Let's play wild dances. Ooh. ooh. Look at us getting jiggy to <laughs> that! Oh, like, we know the dance moves, don't we? Blimey. And and the, the Ukrainian verse. Yeah, the Dicky Tansy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, I like anything with a bit of Dicky in it, do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, preaching to the choir, girl. I, <laughs> I've been to the Ukraine loads of times. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful place, and I know for a fact there's loads of hotels called Hotel Ruslana. Did no you know? way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, Amazing. She built them all. As as they should be. And uh, I love that song because I won a lot of money at the bookmakers. Oh, wow. Yeah, thank you, Ruslana. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, so I remember when this came out and just being floored by
1: it, uh, the cleverness That's very
0: easily flawed yeah.
1: <laughs> especially back then I mean mm. <laughs> this is where I spent most of my time anyway uh, <laughs> but this was so ahead of its time and ahead of almost everyone else when it came out in Eurovision terms uh, I thought it was like so fun there the uh, Xena warrior princess kind of references uh, and just in terms of understanding the visual elements of Eurovision and bridging the gap between kitschy and camp but really slick and professional and it took the contest very seriously without taking itself very seriously. Uh, and even the heavily accented English she uses becomes sort of part of the charm. Um It really raised the game and is one of the entries that has shaped the contest as it is today. And of course, on the night, left most other countries in the dust. I loved it then and I still love it now.
0: Ooh, and it sounded Ukrainian and it still does. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, So the first time Ukraine held a national final was the following year to select its entry and beating 18 other songs was hip hop duo Green Jolly with their song Razum Nazbehato, Naznopodalate. (laughs) (laughs) which means together we are many we will not be defeated which became the anthem to the orange revolution which was happening in the ukraine at the time of their hosting but the burning question on everybody's lips is what on earth is a green jolly oh (laughs) any ideas no no let's just play (laughs) the song 2005 show was an amazing contest. And even at the end, they had newly elected President Viktor Yushchenko to come on and uh, say a few words. Can you imagine, um, oh, lovely dude, I what's you called? Liz Truss coming on stage next year for the UK. I hope not. it's not going to happen, <laughs> is it? <laughs> She'd be booed off the stage. No, She'd no. be kicked <laughs> off the stage.
1: <laughs> for me, this entry screams of the Ukraine did not want to win that year. And instead went for something that like resonated with the current climate in the country. Uh, you know, fair enough. Uh, the song and the concept are heavily inspired by a Chilean song by Kila Payun, El Pueblo Unido Jamás Será Vencido. Oh, she's off. Fucking yes, up. which in turn was based on a chant used in demonstrations. Uh, the problem with using these kind of chants is that it, chants in a composition is that it can become repetitive, like really one-dimensional and feel kind of slow and stodgy. The beat is very monotonous throughout the rapping for me, it's a bit sloppy and it just stays on one level. And when the chant comes in, in the chorus, it doesn't really lift the song or change it that much. Uh, so there's like a very drone like quality to all of it. Uh, I actually find the singer kind of cute, but what is he wearing? Like some baggy shirts and an old pair of jeans, and a Che Guevara t shirt does not a message make. Uh, and those ridiculous dancers behind him.
0: Oh, they're lovely. Uh, oh,
1: no. Make it. An already sort of confused entry seem insincere for me.
0: Sloppy rapping? (laughs) Yeah. What what does sloppy rapping
1: mean? (laughs) The flow is off. uh, He's imprecise in the rhythm. Sloppy rapping. Well, it was a power to the people thing. I mean, I like the message, but yeah, what I'm saying, the whole dancey
0: with power to the people thing, I don't know if it works. It's not the best song in the world, of course, but it packed a punch, defiance and democracy, showing the strength of the Ukrainian people, and, of course, that holds even more today. Let's move on a notch. Winning both the jury and the televote in 2007, he says with a big smile on his face, was 34-year-old Andriy Danilko, a.k.a. Mademoiselle Verka Serduchka. Now, then, we've had drag queens and transvestites in Eurovision before, but none as sublime... As this one, a flamboyant middle-aged woman from a rural background and raising the bar with his alter ego, kinda taking the Mickey out of himself a little bit, dressed in a silver tinfoil outfit, looking like a, a roast turkey, would you agree with me? <laughs> Absolutely. With a star plonked on his helmet, uh, big day medna glasses and the number sixty-nine stamped upon his back. It was hysterical, but more importantly, it was beautiful and it worked. And uh, for me, it was the winner of the 2008 contest. Although I can hear our Mark tutting right now. Let's play, dancing, Russia goodbye. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hello
3: everybody, my name is Verka Serduchka. Me English, Nick Fischtein.
1: Let's big dance. Dance, dance. Seven, seven, alulu. Seven, one, two, seven, seven, alulu, 123
0: I mean, there's always going to be a little bit of mischievous controversy uh, within the lyrics. I mean, dancing Lashatumbai is supposed to translate uh, from Mongolian as dancing whipped cream. Um, But the thing is, of course, Lashatumbai is very, very close to Russia goodbye. And apparently, according to Mongolians, because I know lords, (laughs) Lashatumbai doesn't mean anything at all. However, and this is fantastic, uh, I found this out a couple of weeks ago Verki have done a new version of the song it was filmed during I think it's the Easter celebrations this year alongside a cast of hundreds including some school children dressed up as little white rabbits and the song has been blatantly retitled Russia Goodbye, check it out on the YouTube, it's hysterical over to Juan <laughs> um, like I don't know what to say about like one of the all time
1: greatest, most iconic entries in the entire contest. Uh, It's one of my all-time favorites, and I'm sure I'm I'm not the only one. Uh, And when it came out, I was completely obsessed. Uh, (laughs) And I thought it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen, not only like in Eurovision. Uh, And just like with Ruslana, it sort of organically bridged camp and kitsch with super slick and professional presentation. And it was all resting on this clever crazy bold composition that felt both modern and also very ukrainian Uh, and it's done with such humor and intelligence and i just i was flabbergasted i couldn't understand the people that saw it as a joke entry and didn't want it to win like i I, you must be blinded by your preconceptions of what good taste is as much as i love molitva for me this is absolutely the winner
0: of that year Yeah, yeah Voici, voici. Uh, let's move on to the following year. Annie Lorac, a.k.a. Carolina, which, of course, as you've all just worked out, is Annie Lorac spelt backwards. <laughs> so clever what you can do. Thank you very much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that, mean
1: you, I mean like Annie Lorac. That's what, so, so, in, so, in, <laughs> sorry. What,
0: what would that make me Dunkin' in a, a slut. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <Wow. laughs>
0: she sang all the five songs in the Ukrainian final of 2008 and the easy winner was Shady Lady, written by larger-than-life Russian pop mogul Philip Kierkorov, who is to this day still trying to compose a winning entry for any country who might be daft enough to pay massive heaps of lula for his infinite wisdom. Now, interestingly, Annie Lorak, she won her semi-final. And she scored more points than Dima Bilan, who came third in his semi-final. But, of course, on the big night, Dima Bilan scored enough points to win the contest. But, nonetheless, I still want to smack him. I mean, he's probably a nice guy, but I want to smack him. Um, Dima Bilan, don't even get me started. Well, I mean, if you compare both performances, I think it's quite fair to say, in hindsight, she was totally and utterly robbed. So, let's have a listen to Shirley De Leri. She was f- faultless. Those vocals, the hair, the makeup, the choreography, the outfit, even the heels. <laughs> I mean, okay, this is not my cup
1: of tea, but uh, yes, it it, it does. I mean, I I have a lot of fun when I hear it and when I watch it, and it feels like a sort of an Eastern updated version of Schlager, and sort of beating the West at their own game. This was an era when a lot of Eastern countries were raising the standard uh, of the contest and bringing new ideas, and the old players in the contest hadn't really reacted yet. Uh, in Sweden, a lot of people thought it's the contest that year, the win would be between Annie Lorek and Charlotte Pirelli. <laughs> yeah, and Sweden had a, a bit of a cold shower reality check that year. But to be fair, okay, this is a bit of a tangent, but to be fair, I love this era of melody festival and uh, they all just always choose predictable and boring winners. Uh, anyway, when it comes to Shady Lady, I really like the movement the track has. Uh, there are a lot of like pulsating elements, uh, beeps like from an alarm clock, jittery strings that add tension and almost a bit of a, like a stressful feeling. Uh, kind of like the soundtrack of an action movie. So in my mind, together with that, what I've just said, and her over-the-top mannerisms and her styling and everything, it makes me think of her as kind of like a James Bond girl, like a mysterious sort of, <laughs> you know? Uh, maybe that's just me. What I'm saying is... <laughs> what are you saying, what, darling? Whatever what is, all what that means, saying? there's definitely cohesion between these different elements and it really works as an entry even though it's not precisely my cup of tea, I still really like it
0: I know what you mean. It's not my kind of thing, but wow, she really saw it on the night. She, look, it, it just was works. Fantastic. It just yes. works. And when I first heard this next one, I thought it was a bit meh. Nah. And then I saw the video clip and wow, this lady knows how to sell herself. Uh, Svetlana Loboda, she beat 13 of her songs to win the Ukraine national final of 2009 with her song, Be My Valentine, in brackets, Anticrisis Girl. Um, little bizarre fact here. She beat a lady called Anastasia Pudolko, who went on to win the Russian national final with a song that was performed in a mix of Ukrainian and Russian. But she's regretting that now, hey? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Loboda was joined on stage, and uh, I need a little damp towel here, by three... heavenly half-naked sexy fellas dressed as Roman gladiators who threw her about like a rag doll. It should have been me. <laughs> it should. <laughs> and I think it's kind of fair to question how much of those vocals she actually did herself and how much were the two backing singers. She must have been phenomenally fit to be able to execute those movements and sing at the same time. She did a whole acrobatic routine, the split, she played the drums, while being dragged across the stage. And if that wasn't enough, she did it all in heels. It was probably about as X-rated as Eurovision could ever hope to be. And since then, the uh, artist now known as Loboda has gone on to earn cult status amongst pop fans around the world thanks to a recent slew of boundary-pushing singles and eye-popping and pornographic slutty music videos. More of that, please.
1: <laughs> Play the so, fucker. So are you saying that you have had a bit of a me? <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> you, are mm. you are so successful, <laughs> don't make me crazy, ball do the bump and I Oh, boy, you look impressed. The charm that I possess will put you to the test to satisfy me.
0: talking about then uh over to you don't you, want to know you do yeah, not want to know,
1: really uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh sometimes things don't r- need to like literally make sense but it can make sense conceptually or stylistically and there isn't really any cohesion here like with shady lady like other than being attention grabbing uh She doesn't seem very comfortable in her persona. Like she's giving a lot of attitude and doing things with her face. But to me, all that stuff feels a bit of forced. Like she's trying to be like cool or whatever. I don't know. Having said that... It does really grab your attention, especially the live version. Uh, she's giving like stripper vibes on stage, hanging out with her stripper gladiator dancers, uh, and then she plays the drums for some reason. <laughs> Maybe because she's an like she's an empowered stripper, I guess. Uh, uh, it's just so stupid, and it makes no sense. And that's why I love it. I like I have so much fun watching it, and those three minutes just fly by.
0: It's amazing that Ukraine can make the songs look sexy. I don't think any other country can do this. Well, the 2010 (laughs) Ukrainian selection was a little bit of a farce. Singing the five songs was incredibly handsome Vasil Lazarevich and winning with his deathly, dreary ballad called I Love You. And then luckily due to some perfect timing changes in the management of Ukrainian, I'm slurring my words now, I can't talk properly. Um, (laughs) There was a second semi-final two weeks later and there was a new broadcaster who somehow miraculously managed to get 20 songs together and winning this final was 24-year-old Alyosha and her song To Be Free, which was subsequently, immediately disqualified because it was found to be recorded on something called a A CV? On a,
1: a CD? I've never heard of that. What's a that? CD What's a is CD is a small
0: circular thing which <laughs> slides into a machine. Oh, uh, You wouldn't no, know what that no. means. So Alosha, 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 <laughs> had to quickly write Alosha a new... girl. Th- <laughs> <laughs> had to write a new song overnight and called it Sweet People. And uh, she came on stage herself, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Would you say you've had Alosha Prosecco? <laughs> <laughs> And Alyosha herself came on stage dressed as everyone's favourite embodiment of Woo! death, a.k.a. the Grim Reaper. And, of course, no Eurovision goes by without a jolly good strip. So it was well within the boundaries for her to fling the black robe off in a way and reveal a see-through pink netting thing. Um, let's play the song.
5: Tell me what is happening. For all that we've built temples and is gone. Oh, sweet people. Have you no love for mankind? Must you go on a killing just to pass the time? The message is so true. The end is really near. All this villains take me down the stilts.
0: Sorry, I was too busy opening Prosecco. Go for it. Oh, Oh, sweet, sweet, Andrew. (laughs)
1: Sweet people. Uh, Where are we? Here uh, we go. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo. So this entry is, for me, like the entry that changed the most in terms of my perception of it uh, after seeing it live. And I mean that like of all time. Uh, She sings it so well live. To the point that I don't even notice how bad the lyrics actually are. Um, (laughs) I'm just so captivated by the emotional narrative in her voice. This song suits her perfectly. And the staging was just so simple, so clever, so effective. Uh, But to be honest, her interpretation and
0: her voice, it's, it's what sells the entry. Yeah, I mean, in contrast to the year before where it was all Roman gladiators and hamster wheels, it was very, very simplistic performance with her and a wind machine. And she was strong because that wind machine, I tell you, was blowing. It was gusting. <laughs> she stood there rigid and she didn't even wince. And that is the sign of a damn good performer. Right. Um, she came 10th. Deservedly so. I think it was a great performance. But but the songs that beat it were probably... It it was about right. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to 2012, there was 21 songs competing in the Ukrainian final of that year. And you'll remember... You football fans listening, that was the year that Poland and the Ukraine hosted the Eurovision, the Eurovision, the Eurovision football championships. (laughs) (laughs) And this song, sung by 33-year-old Gaitana, not only won the right to represent the Ukraine at Eurovision, but also was chosen as the anthem to the aforesaid tournament. And it's called Be My Guest. And that's your catchphrase, isn't it? (laughs) Play the song. So tit wiggles here in the studio are you lifted i'm mm-hmm. very lifted after that and she uh, is to date the first and only afro-ukrainian artist to represent oh. her country and there's this wonderful comment on the youtube which i aspire to and it is and we can all learn from this quote i remember having a party with myself when this song was playing <laughs> <laughs> you <go. laughs> Well, that brings back memories. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say <laughs> uh, uh
1: Well, there are a lot of things that I really like about this and some that I don't. Uh, I, I like the song itself. Uh, it's really fun. I like the structure of it and how the chorus has like a second part. You know when the, the cool horns come in? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of good elements and it's like, for me, it's almost there. It's almost there, but not quite. Uh, the production itself, I feel a bit it's a bit thin and trebly throughout the song. It's a bit like, there are these like synths that goes like, and they're constant, And it it's a little bit tiring and monotonous listening to that constant treble. I would like a bit more progression in the levels of the production. Uh, And in contrast, her voice is super powerful and strong. And in the live performance, she completely overpowers the production. Uh, For me, she comes off as shouty and loud. But I think she sings fantastically, especially for this kind of song. You want a powerful voice for this kind of electronic music. They just needed to mix her voice and use it more appropriately live uh really good effort though and i think it was almost there
0: yeah but it was a really 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 hard song to sing i remember the re- in the rehearsal she was trying to gauge how to sing it because there's so many different ways to sing it as well yeah. you know because it's not very anyway uh, <laughs> 2013 it was third time looking for absolutely gorgeous 27 year old zlata ogunovic having tried a couple of times to represent the ukraine uh, in 2010 and 2011. At Eurovision, she came third in her semi final and then again third on the big night, amassing maximum points from Armenia, Azerbaijan, Belarus, Croatia, and Moldova. And she broke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot.
0: Yep. And she broke the Guinness Book of Eurovision records by not only having the tallest, but most likely the heaviest act on stage. A real live giant, aka a very tall bloke, who carried her on stage like a sleeping princess and then just kind of plonked her on a rock mid stage. So she could delight us all with a lovely song, which is about fairy tales, butterflies, and something called gravity. <laughs> like a butterfly and that cameraman my god those some randy randy troll moments uh, oh, yeah, just, oh, yeah, yeah. not fair your go yeah I I have a
1: bit of mixed emotions when it comes to this entry on the one hand there is a lot of like naff earnestness here uh, like faux deep things that don't really mean anything uh, and so it gives it a kind of pretentiousness but uh, but it is also very fun to listen to. It's well crafted and unexpected things keep happening throughout the song. Uh, it's like a little quirky, fantastical and pleasantly cheesy journey it takes you on. I actually don't really know where to place this song in terms of genre, but uh, I kind of I like that. Uh, live, she performs it really well. The song oh, provides yeah. kind of an original context to belt out notes to. All in all, it kind of feels refreshing, and it's a
0: kind of a great entry that it works. It's a bit Lion Kingy for me. A little yes, bit. Yeah. yes, uh, yeah. So uh, I've said many times before that uh, the whole point of Eurobliss. <laughs> is to try and avoid playing the winners but it's so hard to avoid playing winners of course when you were doing a podcast of the Ukrainians so there's another one coming up here it's 2016 and it's the year after those fucking russians invaded the Crimea winning the Ukrainian national final was 33-year-old Jamala with her self-penned song about quote the deportation of Crimean Tatars during Stalin's reign during World War II, in particular the story of her grandmother who was deported in 1944 to Central Asia, hence the title of the stong... stong... <laughs> <laughs> so now apparently there was some hoo-ha from Russian politicians <laughs> who complained about the lyrics of this song. But the EBU confirmed that neither the title nor the lyrics of the song contained any political speech, and therefore it did not breach the Eurovision rules, and it was allowed to compete, which made the voting even more exciting. But we'll get to that in a moment. Let's play 1944. <laughs>
4: Strangers are coming. They come to your house. They kill you all and say we're not guilty, not guilty. Where's your mind? Humanity cries. You think you are gods, but everyone dies. Don't swallow my soul, our souls. I'm not
0: you are gods but everyone dies and mark's got something to say about this he's a little pre-recorded
6: judah from our beloved one uh, so hit it baby ukraine where do you start with a country that's only been in the competition since 2003 but which has never failed to get through a semi-final with a hundred percent record um i want to single out Two songs, two winners. I think Wild Dances, even though it beat my absolutely beloved Lani Moya, of Serbia and Montenegro in two thousand and four, is is a completely stellar and worthy winner. Uh, I think the choreography, the energy, and the sheer spectacle of that performance makes it uh, one of the best post millennium winners. But also, perhaps even um, more than that, uh, 2016 Jamala. You know, in all the Eurovision chat groups, this is one that gets pilloried. Um, it really does divide people, and there are a lot of detractors. But I have to say, for sheer artistry, for prophecy, look at the message of that song that you can't rest on your laurels because the soldiers might come to get you and obliterate you. And she's singing for the Ukraine. Um, the the presence of Jamala, her amazing vocal artistry and that magic moment, uh, 50 seconds from the end of the song when the tree erupted behind her, giving us a version of hope and looking forward making the song not miserable and pessimistic and depressing but actually something that gives you goosebumps i do think that in the annals of time 1944 will stand out to be one of the greatest of all the eurovision winners so um hats off to jamala and it's fantastic in the present climate that we keep on hearing from her and seeing from her with her repeated message that violence Uh, must not be allowed to win. Uh, Anyway, uh, fantastic to be part of the programme. Carry on, guys. Oh, we love you, Mark. We miss you. Why aren't you here?
0: Carry on, guys. Sounds like a Kelly Williams movie. I was just going to say, carry
1: on Eurobliss. Uh, Thank you, Mark. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so uh, when I heard the entries for that year for the first time, this instantly came up as the favourite for me, like the best one for me. Uh, I thought it would be too niche to win, but the quality is completely undeniable. Uh, now, I am not the biggest fan of the timbre in Jamala's voice. I find it slightly grating and like theatrical and a bit annoying. She's so fussy. <laughs> but I really like how she sings and how she uses her voice. She goes from sounding like really sad and soft to having a kind of credible edge and almost playful attitude in her voice at times and sometimes even within the same phrase. And she uses that range in this song very, very effectively. I think the quality
0: is... Just great. The voting was just sensational, you know. This new. I, oh my god! I remember. Yeah, that. I the, remember that. it was between Russia and Ukraine yes, at the end, yes. and that was you'd never get that anywhere else. It was just <laughs> to what to rewatch that on YouTube is incredible, particularly in these days. And so also let's... poetically,
1: like Ukraine had this kind of very soulful, experimental message song, and Russia has this pop behemoth and they were pitted against each other. It really was sort of David and Goliath on so many levels.
0: But the, the Russian song was was kind of the obvious one to go for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that was a favourite that year. But the fact that Jamala... Would... Anyway, let's move yeah. on to the next one. Now, we're thinking outside the box here. It's 2019, and not for the first time was there controversy in the Ukrainian final. Now, winning the final, we've got uh, Maru and her song, Siren Song, in brackets, bang. Ow. <laughs> However, the artist quite rightly refused to sign her participation contract because she'd have to cancel two concerts uh, in a neighboring country, and furthermore, she was banned from any improvising on stage, which was essential for the song, and also from communicating with journalists. So what happened was, there was that the second placed act in the Vidbir final was off the roll, but they also rejected the offer, as did the third placed act. So in two thousand and nineteen, the Ukraine. Eventually withdrew from Eurovision, so we'll never know exactly how Maru's song would have fared. But come on, I think guessing it would have been top five. I mean, yes, in line with other recent Ukrainian uh, results. So here it is. This is Siren Song. Yeah, we just watched the video today, that, and if you thought oh, Loboda was outrageous, then let us introduce you to Maru. Attitude <laughs> and deadpan sexiness, with three dancers literally squirming all over the stage in bras and fishnets, spanking their bodies while humping the stage and featuring a choreographic first, the magnificent multi-leg trumpet a visual feast all before the 9 pm watershed. <laughs> I do feel a little bit like a fuddy-duddy
1: killjoy when it comes to this song because I you know I can see how fun it is. I can she see sits how pro- they're
0: wearing a fishnet.
1: Yes. <laughs> I can see how the provocative performance and it, it it and it's such a fun, catchy, well-produced track so effective. I just I'm so tempted to just jump in and enjoy it. But um uh, I would be much more at ease with this if it was clear that Maruv was at least partly LGBTQ, because I do feel like it is being gay for shock value. I do feel a bit of like gay baiting happening here. And I am not sure if I like that, uh, but maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I should just chill out and have fun. But that's where I kind of am with this entry. Uh, much like Maruf's sexuality, I'm a bit on the fence.
0: Ooh. Well, uh, thank you for that, my darling. Mm-hmm. Here, have a glass of... Uh, cheers, cheers, well, cheers, thank you, cheers, cheers, thank cheers. Thank you. You. We are now on to our last <gasps> song. Um, and it wouldn't be right not to mention Go A. They won Vid Beer in... 2020 with Solovey and we're due to travel to sunny Rotterdam but then of course the show got cancelled because of the blithering Covid do you know what Go A means? no it means a bit of trivia here for you yeah. <laughs> Uh, you see, we're not just pretty faces. It means... <laughs> pretty faces for podcasts.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Speak for yourself, darling. It means return to the roots. It was uh, made by combining the English word go with the Greek letter alpha, which symbolises the beginning of everything. That's a bit deep for a Eurovision audience, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Anyway, the song translates as Nightingale, and the lyrics begin, I went into the valley for a red gilder rose. I gathered flowers twined into a wreath of rue and periwinkle. And I'm so glad that 2020 got cancelled, because otherwise we may never, ever have got to hear the classic of shum but we played that in our last podcast so we're going to play solovay this evening and i saw them perform this song at an awesome store.com concert in highbury london last month and they introduced this song as the song that changed our lives let's have a listen <laughs> book plugs uh you're going <laughs> thank you <laughs>
1: <laughs> well um it's impossible not to make comparisons to shum and it's to be possible com- it's same possible and to be honest shum is like the the progression the refinement of the first attempt which was yeah. Solovey. you know Solovey is great but you know shum is better uh Solovey it's a slightly different side of the same coin. Whereas like Shum is like a tribal party. This is a bit more ceremonial, maybe. There is like an ethereal quality,
0: but you can feel the roots that it has. Do you know what I mean? I'm feeling those roots right now, darling. I'm feeling those roots. (laughs) Uh, Oh my God. Um, We've come to the end of our delightful Ukrainian podcast. We've got to mention the Kalush Orchestra, who've been singing their winning song from 2022 all around Europe and promoting peace in the aftermath of the contest. So that's the Ukraine for you. What a fabulous selection. But don't you think it's weird that some countries always get it right, yet some countries haven't got a clue? Look at the UK, Belarus, in the 17 years that Ukraine have been participating, so many countries have done appallingly. So we need to thank all those Ukrainian artists, composers for enriching our lives with their originality and creativity. And obviously the 2023 contest is going to be absolutely epic with the UK hosting and combining Ukrainian artists. Culture. So let's hope the UK win, and then the Ukraine can back back and host the following year once peace has been restored. What do you reckon?
1: Well, we can only hope. We can only hope for peace. Considering Ukraine's track record, Ukraine is always a very high candidate for winning and hosting. One of the favourites since basically two thousand four but this year it's between liverpool and glasgow right so far at the
0: moment yeah we've got two it's been whittled down to the two what do you think oh it's, it's bound to be glasgow it but is i really be hope it's going to be liverpool i mean
1: for purely selfish reasons
0: i would love it to be a liverpool uh but i completely see also why it would be glasgow oh anyway let's hope this podcast survives and doesn't get lost deep in the bowels of your a lovely computer, like the last one. <laughs> we
1: my my computer has very deep bounds,
0: so no, no, no sign of it still. No? I, do, I no, don't
1: know no, what happened. Prosecco no. probably has something to do with it, probably, uh, very but much. I think it's lost forever, unfortunately.
0: So, on behalf of Mark in Manchester, my lovely Juan and myself, Tati bye and uh, we'll see you next time. Hey. Bye! Bye! <laughs>